You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Roxanne Solon with my co-host... Mark Holcraft. And we are uh, having an engaging discussion this morning. We have a guest who is going to be kind of bringing us into the last segment. We were kind of asking, what can we do, right? And so Deacon Mark Creci, Creci, I'm sorry, we're still still getting it right now, um, is here from the Office of Formation and Discipleship from the Diocese of Crixton. Welcome, Deacon. Well, great to be with you. And, you know, my name gets mentioned and and pronounced so many different ways that, you know, it was close the first time, but, you know, very good. Thank you. Great to be here. Absolutely. No, we're ha- happy to have you here in studio with us. And I think you wanted to start with a prayer? Or- yeah. Okay. yeah, and this is this comes from this little prayer book- booklet that we use as part of our Going Forth as Disciples uh, ministry in the Diocese of Crookston called 31 Prayers for Missionary Disciples. We hand it out in 31 days of the month, the long ones, 31, you know, a prayer for each day. And so um, I'll pick the uh, prayer from... Um, Pope St. John Paul II to begin with. In the name of the Father, and the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Immaculate Conception, Mary, my mother, live in me, act in me, speak in me and through me. Think your thoughts in my mind, love through my heart. Give me your dispositions and feelings. Teach, lead me, and guide me to Jesus. Correct Enlighten and expand my thoughts and behavior. Possess my soul. Take over my entire personality and life. Replace it with yourself. Incline me to constant adoration. Pray in me and through me. Let me live in you and keep me in this union always. Amen. Wow, if that doesn't go right in with our theme of consecration that we've been talking about this morning. It's right there. That's exactly. beautiful. And I would just like, I just want to put in, you know, uh, Mark, as we were talking, I, I should probably say Dr. Creechie. I get informal Mark, sometimes Mark's when I know the person. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Dr. Creechie, one of the things we were discussing this morning is kind of unveiling our theme, which we launched with our Spring Life Drive last week, and that theme is consecration. <laughs> and that theme is going to take us through the rest of 2022 and into the early part of 23, kind of through what we call Radio, our banquet season. Mm-hmm. Now, usually our last banquet of the banquet seasons in Duluth in March. Um, anyhow, and so another scripture we've been reflecting on or starting to is from taken from uh, Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, and it reads, Joshua also said to the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will perform wonders among you. And here we are, we're talking about missionary discipleship right now. There's... Sometimes Italians are almost too easy, you know. But so again, thanks for coming in. But just tying that into the prayer you just led for us. Well, and 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 that's the 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 beauty of what our mission is as believers in Jesus Christ. How do we sanctify our life? We don't just sanctify Sunday morning for an hour, or the sanctify the little moments of the day when we may engage in prayer. Every moment of our life is to be sanctified. We're supposed to you know live the love of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the word of Jesus in everything that we do. And, yeah. and you know, for a lot of people, though, you know, the, their faith or religion is something that is kind of, well, that's pigeonholed in this time or in this kind of interaction. It's one of the things that when I talk to people about being a missionary disciple, they think, well, I'll try to do that next week 
Tuesday for 15 minutes. Well, no, living as a missionary disciple is something we do every day, every moment, in our families, at work, as we're driving the car. I mean, think about all the times you can evangelize. Now, you hear about, well, driving the car, really? Well, somebody told me a story how they cut, you know, somebody cut them off in traffic. And, um, and they knew the person. You know, and then afterwards they went up, and they could have been mad, they could have mm-hmm. been angry, but they, they instead they said, well, did you see, yeah, you cut me off there, you know, just to warn you, you didn't see me. So it was trying to give the person a warning, they're not being careful. A little bit of benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but then also saying that, you know, it was my, words the effect of, it was my pleasure, though, to let you in. You know, mm-hmm. to, to, to let you in the lane. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that, that little act, you know, rather than going up and letting into the person, what are you doing, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, we're talking missionary discipleship, but one of the phrases that comes to mind, and I don't know if necessarily, I think it was came to mind during Pope Benedict XVI's papacy, but certainly uh, Pope Francis uh, picked up on it and, and used the same phrase, being missionaries of joy, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's a part of it. And I think that's, Within a life of discipleship and evangelization, it's, it's one of those first impressions that's left for people. Mm-hmm. What's that first interaction? What's that first connection with whomever? You know, but, but whoever that representative of the Catholic life is, like the, a Catholic witness, that gift of joy mm-hmm. is so palpable and tangible. You know, and it leads, it leads to all kinds of, I mean, just for that to be the first impression, I think is huge. And and it's so uh, easy, maybe, to say that we can get wrapped up into the numbers that are going in the wrong direction. Mass attendance going down, um, belief in God among young people going down. It's, you all know the numbers, you know. Uh, and I think it's that. important to be aware of it, but, yep. but I, I think I like where you're going with this. But, but and, and, and so what we do, though, is and Pope Francis in the Joy of the Gospel said, yeah, don't be a sourpuss, be people of joy. Mm-hmm. And think of the early church. The numbers weren't looking good in the early church, yet they were people of joy, and it drew people to them. My, look how those Christians love each other, is what was said about the early Christians. And so, it it drew people in. And so, let's be people of joy as part of our lives as missionary disciples, because we, we have the joy of God's love in our lives and in our families, in our parishes. Let's spread that to the world. One time my spiritual director gave me this idea. It's not just an idea, it's a reality that every moment in the world is holy. Mm-hmm. And everything is holy. God made the world holy. Every once in a while we confront like a holy moment. And, and that was what was happening. I was describing someone dying that I happened to be in his presence right before that and experienced this holiness and how everything like time kind of stood still and everything was perfect in, in mm-hmm. that. And um, he said every moment really is like that. We only just recognize it here, a few here and there. But just having the awareness of that, it's like, wow, so powerful. If I can even grasp onto a little bit of that. And, and I was also thinking about when Jesus came, in a way he sanctified the world, right? Like he made it holy, all of his exchanges. And, and then he drew us into that. So I don't know if you have any more thoughts about at well, this time, like what are we... What are we particularly called to do? Would you say? Well, and 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 that's it. what we're what we're called to do is. I just baptized a baby on Sunday, and you come to that 
point, of course, with the water, but then with the chrism where you sanctify them as priest, prophet, and king. And, and so from our baptism, you know, we're, we're called to be missionary disciples as priests by the way we live our lives to, you know, not only through our prayer, but then by bringing that prayerful life into the world and reflecting the loving God, you know, the priestly life, the prophetic life, to share the name of Jesus. And it doesn't mean you have to get up on the uh, corner and, and give a sermon or get on uh, radio and talk, but to, to just even say, oh, thank God for that. Or I had a wonderful experience at Mass. Or thank you, Jesus. You know, and, and so prophet to share the name of Jesus, and then King. You know, this the, the the kingly mission or the royal mission of our lives as Christians. We read in in Lumen Gentium and in the Catechism, uh, it's to order our life towards Christ, and and so how we spend our time, how we treat people, to to order. The our kingdoms, so to speak, towards the truth of the gospel. And those are, of course, in, in little ways, in little ways that we can do that. One of the words that's coming to mind, and I'm giving a talk tomorrow at a nursing home for their staff tomorrow, and I'm focusing on gratitude. And I think gratitude is a part of it, isn't it? That Thanksgiving, that, that reality that God gave us life, mm-hmm. and he gave us eternal life. And so if we can start with that base and that gratitude, I think gratitude has something to do with it. And, and to see the gratitude because what you just said there, God gave us. God has given us all good things. And yet so many times people think and they get caught up in their lives that I've got to create my good life. My good life comes only through my effort or my brilliance or my volition or my money. And, and so, therefore, I'm going to buy things, I'm going to do things, I'm going to, and that's how I'm going to create happiness. Well, no, God is the source of all happiness. And, and so, we give gratitude to God for all the blessings we have and, and, and turn to God rather than just think, oh, we can all do it on our own. And that spills over, right? That gratitude and love spills over, and then we want to naturally give it away, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully. No, I, that, that, like, you're talking about gratitude and joy. The two are wed. For sure, one fosters the other, you know. And I, I want to come back to Dr. Creechy, um, the quote you pulled out. I think that was Tertullian in, in reflecting to, um, you know, see those Christians, see how they love one another. Because what strikes me too, that great quote, the context of it, is it was a Roman soldier who acknowledged that mm-hmm. and was seeing them. It wasn't necessarily that he was a believer. Yeah. He, he wasn't a believer. And by, the, by nature of that job, he had to, I mean, he almost had to not be a believer, but a believer in the Roman gods, right? And in Caesar and all that. And yet he's acknowledging, I'm seeing something different here. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important for our time, being missionaries of joy and being um, missionary disciples is something's different here that stands out. And it's going to start begging certain questions. Um, I... We could go. We can go on, and I get excited about this topic. We need to take a break here soon, so why don't we um, we come back in just a couple minutes? Let's pick up on uh, what what would you say to someone who thinks that missionary discipleship isn't for them? So, for anybody listening, uh, think about that for a couple minutes. We'll we'll be right back on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Do you know that your prayers today can still aid in the salvation of someone who died years ago? I'm Father Chris Alar. God is outside of time, and since He is all-knowing and all-powerful, He knows every prayer you will ever make and has the power to apply those graces to any point in time, past, present, or future. So if you have lost anyone, especially to suicide, and think that they are eternally lost, you can still help them. God can take your prayers from today and give someone grace at the time of their judgment because he forever knew that you would make that prayer and he wants you to help them accept his offer of salvation. So there is still hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Roxanne Solonen. have my co-host, Mark Holcraft, sitting next to me. That's that's really pretty cool because he's the executive director, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fancy. Right. Enough, Dr. Creechie. <laughs> and then we have another Mark. I'm kind of uh, outnumbered here with Deacon Mark Creechie. And he, we've been discussing uh, missionary discipleship. And in, during the break, uh, Dr. Creechie was telling us a little story that I think would help lead us into that. It, and so we're going to go ahead and let him roll with that. Well, yeah, before break, we were talking about, you know, sharing the joy of the gospel, but then, you know, also with that, the love of Jesus Christ and, and how that can be so um, uh, transformative in, in our culture today. And so to be missionaries of love out there. And, and, and I was relating during break this story I read about where in ancient Rome, before the church was legal, there was a plague that descended on Rome and um, Caesar takes off and the... Um, temple priests and the Senate and all the rich, they take off out of Rome until the plague passes. But the people who stayed behind, of course, were the poor, because they didn't have the option, the, the sick, and the Christians. The Christian community, a very you know, modest-sized Christian community at that time, stayed behind and took care of not only their own sick, but everyone who was sick. And some of them died in the process of that. And so... When uh, the plague lifted and Caesar and the temple priests and the Roman Senate and the centurions and all those folks come back to Rome, Rome had become Christian. 
all of these folks who were poor or sick has, had, had seen those great acts of love and said, I want that. And they became Christian. And, and I guess it got so bad to the point, as I recall, um, the temple priests went and complained to Caesar because no one was coming to the temples and paying the temple tax, and they were you know, running out of funds. And uh, Caesar says, well, what is it that happened? Well, they all became Christian. Why did they become Christian? Because the Christians took care of the sick. Caesar says to the priest, why don't you take care of the sick? We don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it wasn't part of their identity, right? Well, and so the, the, the point to take away from that is, you know, through these acts of love, you can transform a culture, even a culture that seemingly is, quote, against you right. or not accepting you. And, and so, you know, it's another, you know, great message about what it means to be a missionary disciple. What does it mean to be somebody who truly looks to live their life to reflect the love of God in the world? I think the earliest Christians, I mean, they're going to put the word disciple and discipleship. You know, so they may not have used the word missionary discipleship. We're, we're using that word today, and it's very important mm-hmm. for us, I think, to engage in that, what it means. But, and I keep, we keep going back and forth between Deacon Creechie, Dr. Creechie. You've responded to both very well. <laughs> you know, it's, um, but so Deacon Creechie, as you, as we're talking about this, what would you say to those who say, well, a missionary discipleship thing, that's not really for me? Well, of course, you know, I would first remind him that Jesus says it's for all of us. He, yeah, he, yeah. he said to, you know, go into the world and proclaim the good news. And, well, of course, when Jesus is saying this to his apostles, maybe directly, we all have to remember, he's saying that to us today because Jesus knows his words go forever. And then, you know, in, in morning prayer today, the reading was from Romans and um, in Romans uh, chapter 10, verse 10, faith in the heart leads to justification, confession on the lips to salvation. And so it, it's one thing to believe, and that's a great thing. We have to deepen and, and grow as disciples in our belief. But, but that's not just for us to consume. We're to share it. We're to share it. Love is an act of giving of ourselves. And and of course, part of you know discipleship then is to discern. Well, how do I do that? Of course, the church teaches we start you know in our family, you know, in domestic church. Are you sharing the love of Jesus Christ? Are you praying with each other? Are you are you engaging with each other in these days when families will sit around looking at devices rather than looking at each other? And and so in your family, and then what about in your parish? Are you engaged in that? Are you sharing the love of Jesus in your parish? But then in, in your work, at school, as you're, as you're greeting somebody who's checking you out at the gas station with a smile and, and with warmth. Yeah. As we were talking about before break, every minute of every day, you know, you live as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Deacon Creechie, I was just... Uh... As you talked about even this, just the simple example of the gas station, a very everyday setting. I, this past weekend, I was at uh, Net Ministries. They had their end-of-year banquet. And uh, Focus has a similar thing, um, an end-of-year gathering where they, they wrap up, kind of prepare uh, those missionaries. Hey, you've lived an, a, a radical lifestyle in a unique setting this year. And now, if, for some of you who are called to leave and move on, um, you know, you prepare them for leaving. But one of the things that uh, Mark Bertram, their president and founder, was sharing is 
in their ministry. You know, we might know in a ministry like that from when they're on retreat, you know, or at the college campus with, with focus, or we, we have in mind, well, that's their setting. But his point was, no, so they stay at host homes. You know, they're giving their testimony, their story, how God has changed them, not just on retreat, but they're giving it probably hundreds of times uh, in a year in their host homes. Um, and the, an example he uses, the team, you know, one person's filling the van up with gas, the rest of them go into the gas station, but it's almost inevitable. They're talking to the gas clerk, sharing their story and hearing their story, mm-hmm. which very much ties into some of our conversation with uh, Christopher Dotson last hour, hearing their story, obviously a different context. Um, but this is it. I mean, and, and that's the stuff that really stands out. It's what are you doing away from, you know, the, the setting you're supposed to be ministering to, right? And I think that's when you really see, it's those times, I think, in Scripture when, when the Lord, you're not being watched or you think you're not being watched, what's the quality of that person? And that's, that's when you really see that discipleship come out. You know, and you've seen some of our young people who've been through Net Ministry, St. Paul's Outreach, Focus, you know, who they, they be, are prepared to be evangelizers to to share the message the kerygma the basic right. proclamation of the faith right. right and and it's something that as they go around the diocese um working in parishes you know is to help catholics with that we're we did in our diocese in a number of our parishes this a national survey that's been done so we could take a look at our numbers and compare them to other numbers and and you know, and, and people are are faithful, and they're going to church. Who fill out these surveys? They believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. They believe in the Word of God. But then, when they're asked, how often do you share a faith story with someone else? How often do you ask somebody to pray outside your family or whatever? Well, that's not so much because I think people don't feel empowered. When I gather people together in these parishes, one of the things I do is I get them talking to each other about the faith. I I say, okay, stand up now, walk over to somebody else now and share with them one of your favorite stories in the gospel about Jesus. And they go, and there's a buzz in the room that's great. Now you tell them, now, what you did tonight, take that out into your daily life. And they all look at me like, Ooh, that buzz just died. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know that's a little intimidating, but they know they can do it. You know, and so I, I've heard from some people saying, "You know what? I actually did it. So, such mm-hmm. and such and so and so happened, and I shared something about Jesus with them." And just need I, to practice a little sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah, I think they come up to me and they want like a sticker or a, 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 a button or something. I did it. I did it. You know, and so that's right. A little bit of practice to learn that. Yeah. Our faith isn't something to keep to ourselves or to just share with our good friends, but to share with any everyone. And the other thing, too, I think that we need to keep in mind is that we're not doing it. We're not on our own. So if we're a little yeah. bit fearful or scared, yeah. I've been in many situations, but I know that God is going to be with me. He's going to like get there before me. If we, Again, we can't do it on our own strength, right? That's right. It's, it's the work of the Holy Spirit, and we're instruments of the Holy Spirit. And that's why prayer is so important, to be mm-hmm. praying every day. And, and not just to grow as a disciple, but to grow as a missionary disciple. Because without prayer, um, anything, it, it doesn't have a foundation. You Dr. Creechie, speaking of foundation, could you touch on the, the Eucharistic revival and how that might connect with this? Well, you know, it's interesting. We started going forth as disciples in our um, diocese, started planning for it two years ago, kicked it off this past year. Um, and, you know, we talk about it coming into parishes for a five-year formation ministry, the first 
first two years was kind of set, but after that, it's a little vague. And people would ask me, well, what's what's going to happen in years three, four, and five? And I said, well, we have to see where the Holy Spirit's taking us. And when um, Bishop Cousins came, and, and as you know, Bishop Andrew Cousins is the national leader of the Eucharistic Revival as part of the USCCB, I said, this is the miracle that we were waiting for, I believe, you know, that that we come back to Christ, that we're, we engage Christ. We have great faithful Catholics who are engaging Christ, but, but we have this Eucharistic revival not only to witness to ourselves in the church, but to witness across the diocese and then really across the nation to people that aren't Catholic. We're going to be doing a Eucharistic procession, the Feast of Corpus Christi in Bemidji. We're going to be going down um, this main walkway along the lake, Everyone mm. is going to go, what is going on with that? Yeah. Indeed. You know, and, and it's the body of Christ. Beautiful. We're, we're excited. And, you know, I've, I've started to have conversations with different, whether it's director of communications or evangelization directors of the different dioceses within Real Presence Radio's network. So that's, you know, 10 different dioceses uh, throughout the network. And we're starting to have that conversation of what can Real Presence Radio do for our part, really being a vehicle, trying to be... Uh, an avenue uh, of missionary disciples, you know, an on-air version of missionary disciples, but there's people behind it like us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but engaging those conversations, what's our role for Real Presence Radio to really engage into that conversation of what does Eucharistic revival look like? How do we share that with others? Not not just passing on, being a portal of information, but helping them, you know, it's the difference of to know about Jesus and to know Jesus and be known by Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, and in particular, of course, and it's kind of written in our very title, the Eucharistic Revival and Real Presence Radio. We should probably have something to do with it. You know? <laughs> yeah, amen. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we're coming to an end. This has flown by, Deacon Creechie. And so, um, any final words, thoughts, reflections from you for this morning? Well, you know, when, when people wonder, how is God calling me to be a missionary disciple, or even is God calling me to be a missionary disciple? Um, you know, we know God is. We so the know, answer is yes. Yeah, the answer, <laughs> the answer is yes. And then through prayer and discernment and preparation, you you get yourself ready to do it. I do this thing where I give them this long. I call it the options of a missionary disciple, and it's like I don't know, sixty, seventy things. And I kind of say, okay, I dare you to find something you can't do here, but then check the ones you're already doing, and people end up going, oh. My gum, look what I'm doing. And then it becomes more um, focused for them. Oh, sure. I get it. I am doing some of these things. I am doing it, and I can do it. Yeah. And, and in the end, it's, it's, we serve, as we said before, instruments of the Holy Spirit, because it's the Holy Spirit that's doing the work. It's the Holy Spirit that's transforming hearts in, into believers of Jesus Christ. Well, it's not a hard transition to go from what you just said to our next point here, but um, we would need to take a break. We're circling back to the topic of consecration with our next interview. Dr. Kiara Wang will be with us to share about a do-it-yourself retreat in preparation for Marian consecration. Stay with us. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. <laughs> 